This morning it is Epiphany and we share the story of the three wise men, the Magi, the three kings. They come from afar to pay homage to Jesus, the newborn child, the, 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 the newborn son of God. Although, as Debbie reminded us, of course, he's not quite a newborn when they get to him. He's probably more of, of a toddler. And um, it's one of these stories that you can uh, dive as deeply as you want to in the significance of, of, of the gifts of the journey of the Magi, um, our, our hymns this morning, uh, we, we Three Kings talked about what the gifts were and, and what their significance was. Um, but today, I think the sermon is a little more simple. Uh, as we look at the, the Magi, as we look at what they did and, and learn from them, um, maybe how we can have a good beginning uh, to this year and, and, and a good beginning or, or re-beginning or renewal of our lives and our, our spiritual lives. Um, so as we read this passage, if, if anything pops out to you, hopefully uh, you'll see it. And if, if nothing comes to mind, that might be uh, a way for you to be renewed in your spirit. Then hopefully uh, some of the points that I bring up in a little bit uh, will uh, be helpful and you will see that. Let's turn now, though, to the visit of the wise men. It comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, and we'll share in verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born the king of the Jews? We observed his star at its rising, and we've come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all of the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, uh, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people. Israel. Then Herod secretly called the wise men and learned from them the exact time the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go, search diligently for this child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay homage to him. When they heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. And then, beginning with their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then, having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So it's the first Sunday of 2020. It's the first worship service of 2020. It's probably the last day of your Christmas vacation, unless you're really lucky or some sort of college or graduate student. And with the beginning of every new year, I think, for most of us naturally, begins 
the beginning of new dreams, new ideas, new hopes, and and new habits for the year that lies ahead. I'm sure that someone could point us to research about how short-lived those habits often are, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't try. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to use this new year to start something afresh. Because if the good news of the gospel is anything, it's an invitation to start afresh, to start anew, to experience love and forgiveness so that we can experience God more fully in the days ahead than we did in the days past. I think that is the gospel story. That is our story. That is our song. And it's one of the reasons why we celebrate Jesus' birth and epiphany and resurrection every year. We celebrate them so we can embody the promise of a new start, of starting over and starting again. Now, typically when we read the Gospels, we look to Jesus. And if, if at all possible, we try to emulate him. Today, emulating Jesus would mean behaving as a toddler. We would love for our toddlers to emulate Jesus as they receive gifts, but maybe that's not so helpful for us. So let's look to the Magi, to these, these wise men. I think they show us some habits that are really important as we look at the journey that lies ahead for the year that lies ahead. I don't think we should take every scripture every time and turn it into some sort of motivational three, four, five point TED talk. But but in the way that these magi go about their life, their journey and their business, there is there is something for us to learn. So let's look at four things that they do that we can learn from that can help us have a better beginning and hopefully a better year ahead. The first thing the wise men do is when they get to Jerusalem, they seek counsel. Do you notice that? They went to see Herod. They went to ask some questions. They went to find out information that they did not have. Matthew tells us they came from the east. And so they sought out Herod, which, well, he was the local ruler of the area, and and. And maybe you don't know a lot about Herod. Maybe you know a ton about Herod. But, but this step was one of, at the very least, survival. Herod got nervous when he heard that a baby had been born that was going to be the king. And the people got nervous, not because they were worried about a new king, but because they knew that when Herod was nervous, it was bad for them. And so these wise men were, well... They didn't want to show up in someone else's region and go looking for a king as kings themselves. That, was, that would have been an invitation to an insurrection. So the wise men, respectfully, and as an act of survival probably, approached Herod first and said, Hey, tell us about this king who was born. They needed help with identifying who Jesus was and, and where he would be and and, and how they could find him. So they went to their peers in that place. And they asked Herod. Help us. Help us. We need some information. We, we need the new king. We're in a strange place. 
that we've never been before to help us to see what it is we need to see. And so they provide blessing. And they provide meaning. And they provide uh, credibility to the people who lived in that area that said, hey, we're not going to just impose who we are on you, but help us see what it is we need to see from within who you are. Which says to us, I think it indicates that the best beginnings are ones that happen when we are seeking information. Meaningful change and growth and, and knowledge and, and, and experience come when we acknowledge that, that the situation we're in may be one we need to learn about. The place where we want to go may not be a place that we can get on our own. It's terribly cliche, but it's true that 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 Chinese proverb that says a journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. Well, if one of your resolutions is to lose 10 pounds, you can't just lose all 10 at once. You've got to start with the first one, with a small change to lose the first pound. If... If you want to be accomplished at something, you don't just wake up and decide, I'm going to be an accomplished person. You take steps to get there. And we don't learn about the people around us, the world around us, the the things around us that we need to know about by, by simply thinking we know it all. Or imposing our will on other people or other places or other groups. Rather, we grow by asking. We learn by seeking. The Magi act wise, acted wisely because when they got to Jerusalem, they showed up asking questions. And so for the year ahead, we too can do the same. We can seek counsel. We can ask questions. Now the second thing these wise men do is they maintained their devotion. They were quite devoted to what it is they had decided they were going to do. Think about the longest journey, the longest walk, car ride, airplane flight, train ride you've ever been on. Think about how you were ready for it to be over. Maybe even long before it was ever finished. It took devotion for these three kings, these four kings, these these magi from the east to get to where it was they were going. Consider the distances that they journeyed. When you look straight east from Jerusalem, it's 1,500 miles to get to the other side of Iran and Iraq. To get to India is almost 3,000 miles. To get to Shanghai in China is 4,000 miles. I'm not going to pretend to know which country or or which region these magi were from, but they were from a long way away. They weren't from Green Acres. And most of us drove here today. So these magi, they traveled a long way, they walked, they rode camels, they, they, they got to see this king because the devotion and the care and the diligence that they took which sometimes for us can be a little bit lacking. Now, it's strange in this passage that the one who encourages them to search diligently is Herod. Go, search diligently for the child, he says. Herod, of course, was anything but diligent. 
Herod hung out in Jerusalem, Herod sent other people to do his work, to do his dirty work. And when Herod, later in the story, gets threatened by this new king and he learns where he was from, instead of going out and and finding the king, dealing with him that way, Herod just has all of the kids that might be about his age slaughtered. Harold is mindlessly careless, the opposite of diligent. And so when we look at our faith, who do we want to be like? When we look at what we want, what we want to happen, how we want to live, what we seek, what we need, it's going to take a level of diligence for us to get there. Dedication and devotion are keys to life And to experiences that help us understand the power of God within us and with us and through us. And these magi were, they were devoted. And so as we look to start, to begin again, it's a worthy reminder that that wherever it is we feel God leading us, wherever it is we want to go or however it is we want to experience God more fully, it's going to take a level of devotion to get there. Now, the third thing the Magi do is they give generously. We've used that word, those words, give generously, a lot around here. Uh, Enough so that I've actually heard people starting to say, give generously back to me, um, which is interesting and good. But these Magi, they give generously. And it's interesting, I wasn't looking to bring up giving generously. But as you start thinking about generosity and you start thinking about our call to give, it it shows up all over in Scripture, especially in places where you don't expect it. And these, these wise men, well, they give generous gifts to a little child who was born in Bethlehem. Now, there's plenty of ways to see these gifts. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. Like I said, the hymn talks about some of the significance of those gifts. Some of those gifts are gifts you give people who who are dying because they're used in burial. Of course, Jesus, we know, will die a tragic death on Good Friday. So there's a, a prophetic nature to those gifts. You could consider these gifts like... Well, like state gifts that two leaders give one another when they meet for a summit or or a meeting. You could consider them gifts that maybe just elite people give to one another when they show up for a gathering with a, a housewarming gift of some sort. I suspect you could explain away all of the beauty of the gifts if you wanted to by, well, by, you know, intellectualizing your experience of these gifts. But there's no fun in that. And maybe there's no spirit in that. Because practically and factually, these wise men bring valuable gifts to a poor child who eventually is living in Nazareth. These kings bring gifts fit for a king and, and to a king who doesn't quite look like a king, but will end up being the king that we couldn't imagine, but we desperately needed. The Magi lay at the feet of a family who is living a chaotic, surprising, strange, 
life. Generous, profound gifts that surely help them along the way. And, and we're called to do that too. How might our lives be different, be, be better, if we looked for opportunities to give generously in ways that create joy for others? Certainly, I think we do this through church offerings. We do it through all kinds of different gifts. But I think as we look at the year ahead, it's fair and it's fitting for us to see that one of the keys to our health, our happiness, and our, our, our ways to experience God more in the year ahead than in the year past is to consider how giving generously is an experience in loving God. It's all over Scripture. It's all over our faith. And it's exactly what these Magi did. And so, point number three is, figure out how God is calling us to give generously. And fourthly, finally, these wise men responded wisely. They had great wisdom. Consider that last verse. Having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. These wise men were clearly wise. They honed their intuition and their understanding of their world around them in ways that helped them know how to act on their dreams, their ideas, their, their guts. So, so even though they had told Herod, sure, we'll come back and tell you where this king is, they decide to skip town and go home by another way. And it's obvious that they make the right decision, isn't it? Just a verse or two later, we, you can see how it is. They made the right decision. But what about for us? How do we go home by another way? I don't think that has anything to do with the route you take back and forth to your house today. I actually think it's an invitation to work on your spiritual intuition. It's an invitation to work on tending your soul. It's, it's an invitation to grow in your spiritual understanding and, and your spiritual wisdom by learning to attend to the Spirit of God and the, the Spirit's movement around us and within us. So that by attending to the Spirit of God, you can recognize instances where God is speaking to who you are and not just what you think is right or strategic or intellectually the, the, the important thing to do. None of us would disagree that God speaks to us through ways other than just what we think is right. And if we look back at those wise men, the, the most strategic thing they could have done for themselves would have been to go back and, and talk to Herod. Strategically, if they had gone back to Herod, they would have curried favor with the local ruler. They could have maximized their profit, their impact, and their influence in the area with these new people that they had just met by going back to Herod. But sometimes, it's not just what's in our head that we need to do. It's what's in our spirits and what's in our soul. And, and God leads us differently. God shows us different ways to 
to use our time and attention. And, and in that way we realize that, that wisdom is not just a single act. Learning to act wisely is more than just responding once. And so we learn to tune our souls to the Lord by daily attending to the Spirit of God through Scripture and, and through prayer, by regularly fellowshipping and, and worshipping together. We grow in our intuition through regular worship with other believers. We tune our hearts to hearing the voice of God by, by sharing the life of faith with others. And, and we gather wisdom through regular spiritual practices. The practices of faith that help us learn how to follow God's Spirit. Well, they don't just fall from the sky. They're cultivated from within. And the wise men show us the results of such wisdom as they go home by another way. It's funny to think about a little four-point sermon like this. Anytime I think about one, I'm, I'm reminded of Jim Valvano's speech in 1993 at the ESPY Awards. I was a high school kid. It was long before I had to choose sides in any rivalries. And he gave that three-point speech for living well that anyone who wants to have a full life should laugh and they should think and they should cry every day. Three simple things every day if you want to have a good life. Well, my four today don't quite as easily roll off the tongue and I'm sure they're not going to be indelibly etched in your mind like Jimmy V's are in mine and, and in many of ours. But I think there are four simple things we can do to experience God better in the year ahead. I think we can have a better new beginning. And I think we can have a more enhanced spiritual life by seeking counsel, by acting with devotion, by giving generously, and by cultivating wisdom. Counsel, devotion, generosity, and wisdom. It, if, if I had a better speechwriter, I could have uh, come up with a, a mnemonic device to help you remember those, but I'll just keep repeating them. And if you need a copy, I can you know, share that with you also. They don't roll off the tongue, but they, they will help us tune our hearts to experience God's love and praise in a new way. In the best way. And so as we look forward to what lies ahead, it, if we want to have the best new beginning, and if we want to have the best year ahead, we could do worse than by following these four steps. And so today, let's consider the wise men wise for a reason. They showed us some ways to live well. And I pray that today and for each day that lies ahead, we can follow in their footsteps so that we too might be wise and fulfilled by tuning our hearts to the Spirit of God so that we can experience Jesus as our Lord and Savior both for today and for each day that lies ahead. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we give you thanks for this day that we have. We give you thanks for one another, for this church, and for a faith that is alive in our hearts. Oh Lord, some days it, the faith may be a big flame and some days it may be a faint flicker. But in many ways, every day... We trust that you are with us and, and we rely on our faith to 
experience your love in this world. Lord, today as we conclude our service and look, look forward to what lies ahead, we ask you to help us. Help us to know when to seek counsel. Help us to act with devotion. Help us to see ways to give generously. And Lord, help us to engage in practices that cultivate wisdom. Not so that we might achieve anything other than achieving your spirit and your strength and your love for this day and for each day that lies ahead. These, O Lord, are our these, O Lord, are our prayers, and we offer them in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, today. Amen.